everyone. Welcome back to Honestly Hannah, a podcast hosted by me, Hannah Coda, where I share all my honest opinions about all things going on in the world. I'm treating this podcast like a diary, and trust me, I have a lot to say. Welcome back to this week's episode. This week's episode is just going to be a little bit more chill. I feel like I have a lot to talk about um, in terms of what happened last week. Just feel like there's a lot of stuff in the news and like a lot of things that I'm like pretty passionate about. Um, so I think we should just kind of start there first because yeah, there's just there's just a lot. And like I say, I are like I said and like I say, um, I record this podcast on Sundays. And today, I'm actually recording it a little bit earlier than I normally would, and mostly because I just, like, woke up earlier and, like, started doing my chores that I usually do on Sundays, like laundry, you know, cleaning, um, you know, just, like, the works, and that, you know, I feel like normally people do on Sundays, like, go grocery shopping, and while I was out grocery shopping, um... I just noticed that there were so many people outside. Like, there was traffic in the streets of, like, where I live, which, I don't know, like, normally, I guess, is there, but, like, in normal times, you know, not during a pandemic. And I just feel feel like there's just, like, a shift. And I even have noticed, like, a lot of my podcasts that I listen to have said this, that this past week or these this past last week, the week before, there's just been this shift. And a lot of people have been calling it hopeful, you know, that things are returning to normal, which it is, right? Like, it is a sign that people feel more comfortable going outside, things are opening up. However, my problem with all of that is that not everyone is vaccinated, and I think I'm allowed to really talk about the subject if you haven't seen the title. I will be talking about um, my reaction to the vaccine, how I feel now that I'm almost fully vaccinated. I still have another seven days um, to kind of chill out until I'm fully, fully vaccinated. But, like, I know for a fact that there are not a lot of people that are vaccinated yet. In California, yes, I, I think that there are a lot more people in California than, I guess, other states that are va- that have been vaccinated. But to be honest, yeah, like, I know a lot of people that have been vaccinated, but I just, I guess just not that much for there to be, like, this many people outside. Like, I don't... I don't know. It also can do with the weather, right? Like, it's been super sunny and, like, perfect weather here in Southern California. Not that we don't always pretty much have perfect weather, but, like, this type of weather is what I consider perfect, where it's, like, anywhere between 65 to 75 degrees, sunny, a little bit of wind, um, a little bit of clouds, not that much, but it's, like, the perfect weather. But yeah, there's just so many people outside, and I know for a fact that this is happening all over the world, um, because like I said, a lot of my podcasts in different parts of the world, um, the podcasts that I listen to are, are, they're all like all over the world, and so I've noticed that people are talking about that, and that, yeah, it's just like, I feel like a common theme in a lot of places, at least in America, and yeah, like there was just some things like this past week that the CDC put out which I'm just, like, a little, like, confused, and I'm not even a parent, but I'm a little upset about. Like, 
the CDC just released that kids don't need to be six feet apart anymore in terms of socially distancing, but they need to be at least three feet apart. My problem with this is like, okay, I understand 100% the difficulty that, especially like elementary schools, right, that are going to have with reopening and letting these kids go back to school. And like, I'm just thinking about like kindergartners and first graders here, second graders, like that can't sit still or and always wanting to like touch their friends or, you know, talk to their friends, whatever. But like, is it really safe? Because for Almost over a year now, you've been telling us that we need to be at minimum six feet apart. And now all of a sudden in schools, you only have to be three feet with a mask. Like, it's just, it's it's hard to keep, like, you know, I get it now when people are like, it's hard to keep up with the CDC. It's hard to, you know, whatever. Even though I am 100% supportive of the CDC and any guidelines um, from WHO and, like, our, our government or whoever makes these decisions that we need scientists, you know, that we need to abide by these rules to be safe. But like, all of a sudden, it's only three feet now. And these kids are not getting vaccinated, right? They're still in test trials of, of getting vaccinated. So all of a sudden, it's it's three feet. Like, are we keeping our kids safe? Like, I'm not even a parent. And I am concerned. Um, that that just doesn't sound right to me. And I know how extremely hard it's going to be for public schools, private schools, whatever, to keep this, to keep regulation in place, right? But I mean, I don't know. That just seems like a lot of compromise and it just doesn't seem correct to me. I don't know. If there's any parents listening to this podcast, which I know that there are, please let me know your thoughts on this because I don't think I would feel safe sending my child to school knowing, like, damn well that they're probably not going to be, like, three feet apart, like, if they're sitting so close to each other. I feel like at least with six feet, you know that they're farther away and you it reminds you, like, hey, I'm not supposed to go talk to them or whatever. Um, I don't know. It just, it, it doesn't seem right to me. Also, I forgot to mention on the last episode that daylight savings happened and it like messed a lot of people up. Honestly, I always feel good when we um, spring forward, right? So what really messes me up is when we have to fall back like in October, November, whenever that happens. That is the one that really messes me up, even though we gain an hour of sleep, like it gets darker a lot earlier, and that's that's the one, like, I'm not okay with. Spring forward, I was perfectly fine. Daylight savings didn't really affect me that much. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to mention, like, I know it messed up a lot of people. If you're one of those people, I'm sorry. Like, I just hope that you're grateful that we get more sunlight now. And just know, also, if you guys didn't know, not every state in the country participates in daylight savings. Um... Arizona still doesn't participate in daylight savings and when I was when it was time for um to fall back like in November October I said I was in Arizona and there was no time change so like I had to come back to California on that on that same day that daylight savings happened and it was just weird and I realized like maybe Arizona has it right like maybe we shouldn't be messing with it like maybe we should just have more sun like, all days of the year, and I know that that doesn't, like, really work out, and there's a reason why we do daylight savings, but also, like, I don't know, especially with this year we just had, I think we all need a little bit more 
daylight. And I don't know if I'm on board with a daylight savings time change anymore. Um, so yeah, so we're going to keep going into the news um, and just things that happened last week. Miami, the city of Miami in Florida <laughs> announced a national state of emergency because of um, spring break. When I first saw this video, I was like, I honestly was shocked. And if you haven't seen it, literally just type it into any, like, search source that you have. And it's literally, like, the first video that comes up. Actually, there's several. There are several videos that come up. And it's, like, hundreds upon hundreds of, like, it's as if spring break, like pandemic doesn't exist, COVID doesn't exist, nothing exists, which I know in Florida, especially like Daytona and like all that stuff, like they go hard for spring break, like it's a whole nother world, right? But it just is this, it's as if nothing happened, like this past year didn't happen, it's completely open over there. And it just kind of made me snap back to reality that you know, de really depending on where you live, you have such different ideals, right? And I don't know, I, I just don't think I could have been there. Honestly, I wouldn't have gone even if there was co no COVID. Like, I'm just not that type of person, I guess, to go to like a big spring break like that. Stuff like that gives me a lot of anxiety. And so I'm not jealous or envious, but I'm just like, whoa, like it kind of hit me in the face like that we in California and Californians are treating this pandemic and like other places too, I'm sure like different states like New York, um, you know, just more like liberal, I guess, states are treating it a little bit differently or honestly states with just a lot of population, I thought, but Florida, there's a lot of people that live in Florida, specifically Miami, you know, um, but yeah, and I don't know, just a state of emergency <laughs> because people are out for spring break and, like, not giving a crap, like, I don't know. It disturbed me. And there's multiple videos, like I said. I think the main one came out. There was just, like, a, a party going on, like, a daytime party. And, like I said, there were just hundreds upon hundreds of people, like, mosh pitting. Um, there was DJ music blasting. Like, typical just, just regular spring break, I guess. Um, going into sp uh, sports just really quick. I want to talk about March Madness, but no, not the male version of March Madness, um, women's basketball. There was a video that went viral um, of this girl or woman who posted a video of the fact that um, the women's college basketball teams did not get a, a real weight room. When they asked the NCAA, like, why they couldn't have this weight room, it was like, oh, there wasn't enough space. And then of one of the players was like, there's clearly enough space. And she showed like the video or sorry, they, she showed the space um, where they warm up, where they practice, you know, all that stuff. And there was clearly a, a lot of space. But of course, the men's college basketball had a full, they have full weight, weight rooms, like everything is ready and given to them. And literally, like there's, there was nothing for like women's basketball. And this is a tale as old as time, right? I feel like especially in this sport and then it's in baseball and in softball, right? And I've actually had a many conversations with people about this and it's just so disheartening because if you look at salaries, if you look at um, 
like just a monetary value like behind these programs it's not because the talent isn't there it's not because the athleticism isn't there the competitiveness the the drama the exciting like march madness is always exciting and i understand that i honestly don't even like college sports that much like i like professional sports over like college based sports um but everybody knows that march madness is like that cinderella story or that you know storybook story where like usually a team that's like number 13 or whatever it is like beats this high-ranking team and then you know whatever they win some type of tournament or title whatever it is and college basketball is super exciting it's super exciting in, in women's too. I don't know if most, if any of you have really sat down and watched college basketball or even women, sorry, not not just college basketball, women's college basketball or just women's basketball in general. However, when people always like ask me, oh, like what's your favorite sport or like what teams do you go to or like whatever, like here in LA, we do have a women's basketball team and they're the Sparks. And I've been to a lot of basketball games in my lifetime. And they're like, and people always ask me like, oh, a Lakers or a Clippers game or like, what's most exciting? And I'm like, honestly, Sparks games are literally the funnest things to be at. And the girls, like, it's the sport itself is very competitive. You know, they get down and dirty just as much as, you know, men's professional basketball. And it just really never made sense to me. Like, there, the talent is there. The drama of it all is, is there in women's basketball. It's literally, it really just comes down to gender. And it just always just blows my mind how much we do not financially, like, put in, um to like women's competitive sports even like soccer you know i like here again in america like we had a winning women's soccer team to represent the united states of america and honestly i feel like they were barely highlighted um and like and they were winning you know multiple years in a row until the last time they won the world cup um that's when, you know, you started hearing names and, like, people were watching. I just, it's just so fascinating to me and it's so fascinating how I feel like how it's going to go from here, especially with the internet, right? So, the video went viral of um, this woman's college basketball player, of the video that she made, and the NCAA ended up coming back and giving them their full weight room because it was the right thing to do, you know? And the internet, and they thanked the internet for that because that video went viral. The video of them posting their new weight room went viral. And yeah, and like maybe that just needs to happen more. And the way things are moving so quickly in terms of like um, equality within competitive sports, like the way that it's moving so fast, I'm really interested to see where we're going to be in a couple years, right? I don't know, but that's just my two cents. Like, most of the time for me, I feel like women's sports are a lot more competitive um, to a certain extent, right? And yeah, they're just a lot more entertaining to watch. And if you haven't been to a Sparks game and you're from LA, like, once the Sparks, once Sparks games, like, start coming back, go to a Sparks game. It is lit. Like, it is literally such a good time like you feel like you're at a concert and like a competitive sports like professional sports game as well like 
and like the atmosphere is just so different i don't know like sparks games are really really fun and i highly recommend if you're visiting la if you're coming to la if you're from la and you've never been to a sparks game like go to a sparks game it there it's you're gonna have the time of your life um going on to tv shows I think the first one that I need to mention is The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, That's the new show on Disney Plus that Marvel is pushing out in this phase. Um, I watched the first episode. I'm not going to give too many spoilers other than the fact that I wanted more and Loki, it was a little flat for me. I just feel like they established a storyline and that was kind of it. It was like the beginning of a storyline, but I wanted more. And not action, because there was a lot of action in there, but just more of, like, okay, like, like, the Winter Soldier and the Falcon don't even, like, link up at any point. And so, I'm just a little confused as to where the storyline's gonna go. But, of course, it's Marvel and it's Disney, so I'm sure I'll be hooked probably next week's episode, but the first episode for me was just, yeah, just a little dull. Um, And then I also wanted to talk about this other TV show. It was, I believe, just a small series. It was on HBO. It's called Alan versus Pharaoh. Um, Before watching it, I would probably, if you haven't heard of Woody Allen, which I know maybe it's like 50-50. I feel like it's a toss-up if you know who Woody Allen is. He is a very famous director um, who is also a pedophile. (laughs) And he is the Allen part of of Allen versus Pharaoh. Pharaoh, um, Mia Pharaoh, who was one of his wives, I don't want to just identify her as that. She is a wonderful actress um, and came up really like in the 70s, 80s, like movie era. There is a documentary on there about their lives. Um, it foc- At the beginning, it kind of focuses on Mia Farrow. Woody Allen never comes into the documentary. However, they do present his side of the story. So I do want to say that. Um, but just how messed up that whole situation is. And if you don't know the backstory... I guess I'll say what's most widely known is that Woody Allen married his daughter. Not his blood daughter, but his adoptive daughter that Mia Farrow adopted on her own. And then when they started dating, he was the father to this little girl. That time, I think she was a preteen or something around there, but he ended up marrying her, still married to her, um, have has children with her. And Hollywood just kind of turned a blind eye and and still allowed him to make Oscar-winning movies. Um, And then there's something else in the documentary that was really shocking, and I don't want to give it away because I'm not too sure how many people know about the situation. I didn't, and and it confirms that he is a pedophile. I think there's only four episodes. It should be on HBO Max. I watched it on HBO, like, regular TV. Um, All four episodes, I think, are out now because it's the end of the documentary. And yeah, it's just, it goes over a lot of topics, though. It's not just about him and, like, her. It goes over, like, the Me Too movement and, like, what Hollywood, like, throws under the rug. Um, And just a lot of, like, different topics. And I thought it was a really good documentary. Of course, HBO came out with it. I think they're really good at that kind of stuff. Um, but I would check it out if you know anything about Woody Allen, if you're interested. Um, I think it's, I think it's a really well put together documentary type series within a TV, um, film. I think each episode's like about an hour. 
Um, in terms of movies, I didn't really watch anything exciting this week. However, the Oscar nominations have come out. I will be watching the additional films that were nominated. Something tells me that Minari is going to win. I haven't seen it, but the rave that it's been getting, something tells me that that's going to be our picture of the year. Um, I need to watch it first, though, so let me get back to you. On that one, going into music, Justin Bieber dropped a new album. I listened to about half of it. It sounds very just Justin to me. I know he's trying to go like an R&B route, and I know that he is, you know, trying to stay away from like the poppy scene, but like to be honest, he can do like an R&B like pop mix, and I think that's where he is like the most special, where he can sing, but also there is like this poppy element to it that makes it super commercial and catchy. I really like that about Justin Bieber, and I do like that he's throwing in some like R&B elements. Um, I thought the album, from what I've listened to, is actually pretty good, but I also have never hated an album from him. Um, I do like the direction that he's going in, though, and I thought it was a really good album. Peaches is, like, the song that everybody has been listening to, and it's a really good song. I like it. So, I put this under the music section, um, because I've been listening to Saweetie a lot more because of this, um, but it was big news because, uh, Saweetie and Quavo broke up, and it was, you know... A national thing that was put on Twitter, which let me just say this before going into it. I think that she's coming out on top. Everything that I've been seeing about Quavo is like, yeah, you're trash. Like, no one is on your side. <laughs> I haven't seen a single person that's like tried to like stick up for him other than like his like little sister. Um, but what happened was is Saweetie tweeted basically like, the love isn't real. I think the last line of it was like, the love isn't real. If you're intimate with another woman, she insinuated that he had cheated and that she's good now and she's ready to move on with her next step in life. Um, and then Quavo came on and tweeted like, I can't believe you were this type of girl. I didn't think you were that type of girl, but I send you all the love, you know? And if they would have just left it right there, I would have been like, okay, like that wasn't a lot of drama. You guys confirmed that he cheated you're broken up, move on, like, it would have been fine. But then all these family members started to jump in, and then it was reported, I think, this morning um, that <laughs> Quavo took back the Bentley that he bought for her, which I just think is a little petty, like, especially, like, come on, bro. Yeah, I know we don't know the whole situation, but I think it's confirmed by now that you cheated on her, um, and don't get me wrong, like, I know there's, like, a lot of stuff out there that's, like, you don't know how she is, and, like, yeah, I don't know how she is, but that doesn't, you know, give grounds for you to cheat on her, like, th that's what I really wanted to mention about this narrative, like, um, the little sister, Quavo's little sister came in and was, like, tweeting, like, yeah, I don't know how she is, like, she's really like this, and blah, blah, blah. and it's, like, okay, but that does, because she's like that, it constitutes, her like it being okay for her to get cheated on like no like if you didn't if she was like this and you didn't want to be in that relationship anymore because you saw her real side or whatever then you break up with that person and you move on you don't cheat on them and like say that it was because she wasn't the person you thought she was like come on like I like we're adults like that's not very mature and I don't think the sister realizes what she's saying you know and like coming from a woman to another woman, like, you think it's okay for him to cheat on her, or, like, you think it's okay for this whole situation to happen, 
because of the person she is. Like, no, like, and again, I don't know the whole story, but that's what I kind of took from it. And it's just sad, I think, in our culture that we, like, think it's okay or we're okay with, like, putting a blanket statement on it if, like, they're a bad person, like, oh, they deserve to get cheated on. Like, no, no one deserves to get cheated on. And there's no other reason in the world, I think, for someone to get cheated on other than the fact that, like, you messed up, you know what I mean? Like, the person who cheated, like, it's something to do with them, not the other person in the relationship, because at that point, you could have just walked away, you know? You didn't have to cheat on someone, but whatever. Um, but yeah, I've been listening to Saweetie's music a lot more. Um, so it worked. If this was a promo stunt, it worked for me. Not listening to Quavo. I wasn't listening to Migos anyways, to be honest. Um, but I am listening to her songs and I'm enjoying it right now. Also what happened on the internet, something big that happened last week. Um, so if you don't know the situation, I'm going to quickly break it down from what I know. Um, Kylie Jenner, had a or has a friend I believe who's a makeup artist I cannot find the name of who this person is um when I did just a quick search apparently Kylie posted on one of her socials I don't know if it was Twitter or um like Instagram or TikTok or whatever it was that her makeup artist who is also her friend um got into a car accident and uh suffered brain damage and needs money in order to to get the surgery done to help with like the cost of like everything that happened in um the car crash and then also like with the surgery and kylie jenner posts this gofundme and everybody's like whoa 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 halt you're a billionaire kylie even if you are not a billionaire yourself you run a billion dollar company i think the amount that it was for the surgery was like 60 grand and everybody's like whoa whoa whoa! you're a billionaire and you can't even give your friend 60 grand so that they could like live like this is not even something like this is life or death like this is not something like okay yeah i kind of want this or like no 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 like this person needs the surgery or they are going to die and you cannot donate 60 grand to this per like I don't know and like a bunch of youtubers and like internet personalities were talking about this like um someone that I follow Chris Clemens who is a youtuber an OG youtuber like tweeted and he's very known for this kind of stuff and that's why I love him but he tweeted something like um you know if I become a billionaire and I can't donate 60 grand to my friend who is dying and needs surgery like then just kill me because like what like huh and apparently she did donate but she only donated five grand and it's like okay girl that's like chump change to you you have probably have it in your purse in your house just lying around like how I don't know the internet just kind of went crazy over this of like, how are you not going to give your friend 60 grand? And, and we don't know the whole story. Maybe the friend was like, you know what? I don't want the money from you. Um, I, I don't want to take you, your money. You know, maybe there was one of those situations. But still, like, if you're a billionaire, at least a multimillionaire, like, we know she's a multimillionaire, you can donate 60 grand for a life or death situation. That was just, like, messed up. Um, some other things that obviously happened this past week, which I think most people are aware of, um, unfortunately, we, we, we had another hate crime against, um, the Asian community, and yes, it is a hate crime, um, stuff like this, 
breaks my heart because of a couple things, obviously the situation at hand, but also that people can't understand that this is a hate crime. Um, they are all like identified as Asian people of an Asian ethnicity. Um, yeah, and then just the stories that came out after it. I read a story um, on Twitter. It was like a Twitter thread of this young gentleman who said that his mom is not going to work and it's not because she is... 65 and ready to retire. It's and she works in a nail shop. Um, it's not because she is inhaling too many ammonia fumes. It's not because she has arthritis and cannot physically work anymore. She does not want to go back to work because she is scared for her life. And that's and he just states like that's really sad. And it's like, no, that's just like worse than sad, you know? That's just it's horrendous. It it's it's just not the world that I want for my kids that I don't have but that I eventually will have and it's just it's just it's very sad so another thing too that I wanted to talk about is that the slogan was stop Asian hate and then I saw a post that was um um just interesting where it said it crossed out stop Asian hate and said stop white supremacy and honestly, I think it, it needs to be both <laughs> um, because it's not just white people, um, but it is a part of white supremacy, right? Um, and white ideology. Um, but it, it needs to be both. It needs to be to stop white supremacy and also just stop Asian hate. And yeah, I'm, it just breaks my heart. And I just want to say that I stand with the Asian community. I donated to the, to where I felt like it was, it was needed the most. Um, and yeah, I just, I want to say that I, I stand with my Asian brother and sisters. Um, moving on. I know that was a little harsh, but just moving on. Um, to what I want to say as my piece of advice for this week. Um, this week, I actually tweeted my piece of advice to someone. It was a tweet that I had saw from one of my friends. Um, it was on my private Twitter account. Um, and the tweet said, or it was like a picture, and like in the picture it says, why is it always something? Like, it's literally always fucking something. I can't go a week without there being something. And then my friend was like, yes, I felt this deep in my chest. And so I responded because actually a lot happened to me last week, like emotionally. And so this, I even had to take my own advice and just calm down. But this is what I said um, to that statement, because I know we kind of always feel that way sometimes, like it's one thing after another, it, when it rains, it pours, like those type of scenarios. I said, I used to think this too, and at times I still do. Sometimes things are too big, but remember, no one can disturb your peace but you. You can't control the world, but you can control how you feel, react, and deal with things. And then I just said, sorry, that was random, but I just had to say that. Um, and I truly believe that. Like, um, I had like an aha moment in college when I realized this. It was in one of my classes and a lot was just happening at that time. And I realized like, no one can force me to feel something. You are in complete control of your emotions, com 
for the most part, right? Complete control of how you react, um, how you feel about something. And so what I think if something feels a little too big or something's stressing you out or something has happened where you just don't know how you're going to deal with it, or if maybe they're little things, right, that keep piling up and piling up and piling up and you just come to like this breaking point or not, but mostly it's like when you come to this breaking point, just sit down and realize that you can control how you respond, right? When things are too big, just take a second and just realize that you are in complete control of yourself and how you respond and how you feel to this situation. Um, You know, and it could be little things to extreme things, like I said, Uh, maybe something happened at work that was really frustrating and it really bothered you and you did probably everything to prevent it. Like, just sit there and be like, you know what, I'm not going to get upset about this because it's going to disturb my peace and I don't want my peace to be disturbed right now. Or it could be something big, I don't know, like a death in the family or, um, you know, something that's really big to you. I know it could be super personal too. I know for me, like if things are not in certain order and I need to like do something, it really turns into like a big thing for me. Um, just sit down and really evaluate, is this worth my peace? Is this worth me getting upset over? Is this worth me, you know, re rehabbing to learn everything that I just did. Um, yeah. And just realize that you are in control of all of that. No one's making you feel that way. It might feel that way sometimes that you have to react or you have to respond to this, or how could I not respond to this? But in reality, like it really is all up to you and your mind. Um, so yeah, that's my piece of advice for this week. I'm going to go ahead and talk about my experience with the COVID vaccine, the COVID vaccine. Um, before I go into that though, I just do want to say that I'm fully, um, in support of vaccinations and vaccines, um, whatever I need to do to keep myself and others safe, as well as to, to get one step closer to herd immunity. Um, and yeah, just keep that in mind with the story um, and what I went through moving forward. Um, this story is not particularly like a super dramatic one. I just wanted to share my symptoms uh, with the vaccine uh, just in case anybody has these type of symptoms and are scared or want to know a little bit more or haven't received their their vaccines yet and just want to hear about somebody's experience with getting the vaccine. Um, I had a pretty bad reaction uh, with both doses of the vaccine. This does not mean that I am not in support of getting vaccinated. I still would have gotten vaccinated either way, knowing that this was going to happen. I mean, I got my second shot knowing that this was going to happen, most likely at least. Um, and yeah, I wouldn't have had it any other way. Like, my body reacts a little bit more harshly to things than the norm, right? And most people. Um, and that's okay. I still would have gotten the vaccine. I still will get the vaccine because most likely we are going to have to take another dose within six months or a year, whatever it may be. Um, and yeah, I just need to prepare that my body is going to react this way. Uh, so I just want to start at the beginning. Uh, I did a lot of research about the vaccine. I know what it is. Um, I know the science behind it, and I actually think it's really fascinating and really cool um, that we are at this level of technology. 
Um, I am not a professional. I am not a doctor. I am not a scientist. So I will not speak on the myths versus like the facts of the vaccine. Um, however, I have seen a lot of like fun, easy question type uh, videos that I can put down in the description, uh, which I will. Um, but I will not be going over that in that whole argument. I am in support of science. I am in support of, um, you know, just trying to get back to normal. And this is the way that it's going to happen in a s safe way. Uh, but yeah, so it was my turn to, to sign up for the vaccine. And I did. I went to myturn.ca.gov, I believe. And that's how I found out um, all my information where I signed up for the vaccine. Um, so if you're wondering if it's, if it's your turn or it is your turn and your job didn't really give you any instructions, that's one place to look, um, myturn.ca.gov. Again, obviously, it's only for people who live in California, um, but I'm assuming that each state has something similar to it um, to check your eligibility, to check where you can sign up. And uh, for me, when I signed up, I signed up for both dosages. Yes, um, because I received the Pfizer vaccine. I know a lot of locations are switching to the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, meaning you only have to sign up once and you get one shot. Um, but I, I signed up for both shots at the same time, um, and they're about three weeks apart. Um, and yeah, and I just signed up for both. I went to my location, which was at a university, and the first, when I first got there, it was going to be like, I think a three hour wait um, because they were doing a lot of people at a time. Um, but we ended up, me and my significant other just ended up um, walking in to another facility that was also giving vaccinations that we were able to go to. Um, at my particular site, the military um, was facilitating all of the vaccinations, so everything from, like, the check-in points to, like, the ushering to writing my vac like, my vaccination card, um, asking me, you know, all of medical questions, which they asked me because I'm a girl. They asked me, you know, is there a chance that you're pregnant? Um, have you gotten another vaccine within the last 14 days? Is this your first dose? Just pretty, like, standard questions. And then um, they just double check it to you with your ID and they give you a vaccination card. And then the next step for me was to wait in the line uh, to receive my vaccine. I was super, super anxious in the line. Um, I don't know why. It, I think it was just be mostly because the military was there. I knew they were the military. I don't know which branch of the military they were, um, but they were all in uniform. So it just made me a little nervous, I guess. I don't know. Um, and just anxious because everybody was, like, really serious. <laughs> um, and there was, like, signs everywhere saying, like, no pictures, no videos, no nothing. So I couldn't really be on my phone either while I was waiting. Um, actually, while I was waiting in line, uh, we, we had to stop. And I was waiting there for about 15 minutes um, because... Uh, the Pfizer vaccine has to be um, refrigerated at a certain temperature. It's like something crazy, like negative 50 or something like that. And so they can only bring out a couple of vaccines at a time um, to maintain this temperature, right? And so every time that the, the, the station that I was at ran out, we had to wait like about 15 minutes for someone to go, go get more vaccines and bring it back. 
Um, Pfizer and Moderna both have to be at these like crazy ridiculous low temperatures. However, Johnson & Johnson I don't think has to be at a temperature, which is one of the reasons why I know a lot of locations are switching to Johnson Johnson because it's just easier to like efficiently give it to a lot of people. They don't have to worry about that refrigeration or I, I, I could be wrong. I think I think it does have to be at a certain or refrigerated, but not as low as the Pfizer and Moderna vaccine has to has to be in order to be good, right? Um, so yeah, so I was actually waiting in line. I want to say close to about thirty minutes, and then it was my turn to go. They put the needle. I did it in my left arm. They ask you like which arm you want it to be in. I did my left arm because I am pretty much naturally right-handed. Um, and so, yeah, I wasn't sure how it was going to react, and so I asked them to put it in my left arm, which I don't usually use a lot. Um, I did feel the needle go in for the first dose. I felt it. It honestly, I got my flu vaccine this year. It felt exactly like that. Nothing crazy. If you don't like needles, it's not, at least from what I saw, a huge, huge needle. Um, and yeah, it was just, it was just like a little prick. I, I, I'm not afraid of needles, so... It was just whatever. And then you go to this holding area, which I know they do universally, um, which is sometimes the reason why it takes so long for you to get your vaccine. Um, if you're waiting in line for hours and hours, you have to go to a waiting area, whether it's in your car or like if you're in a physical place like I did for a walk-in. Um, it's There was just like a bunch of chairs everywhere spread out six feet apart. Um, and you kind of just sit there for 15 minutes to just make sure that you don't have an allergic reaction to the vaccine, um, which I didn't. It didn't constitute as allergic reaction. I just had a lot of symptoms with the vaccine, which I'll get into right now. But my symptoms started there with the first dose. I got super lightheaded, and I don't know if it was maybe because of the adrenaline and me being anxious about getting the vaccine to just like calming down and realizing like, okay, I got it. Um, but also my legs were a little, like, not numb. They just felt, like, a little, like, light and, like, a little tingly, um, which I heard are very, very common symptoms and another reason why they want you to sit down for a little bit. But, uh, my 15 minutes was up and, you know, you kind of just govern yourself and once the 15 minutes was up, you kind of just get up and walk out yourself. Um, and, yeah, I went home. Nothing really crazy. I felt a little tired, a little achy, but like nothing crazy, right? And I actually wrote down my symptoms uh, for both vaccines so I can give you accurate notes of what I was feeling. Um, yeah, so by the time it was ready to go to bed, I just, that night, I said that I was fatigued, a little achy, went to sleep. However, the next day, which was um, true for me, for both doses, uh, was my worst day. So day two, uh, was my worst for both, um, doses. And from what I hear, it's, that's pretty much the norm. Like, if you're gonna feel anything and if it's gonna affect you in any way in terms of, you know, how you feel, then it's usually the second day where it hits the most, um, which is exactly what happened to me. So with the first dose, I'm just gonna read <laughs> what I put. Um, Woke up feeling like someone shot me. I have never been shot. I don't know what that feels like, but that is, like, the best, like, descriptionary, like, adjective-type words that I could describe. My arm literally felt like it was going to fall off. 
Um, and I may be exaggerating a little bit, but again, this is what I put. Um, I had a little bit of a sore throat. I was super fatigued. Um, but I was okay. It was mostly just like my arm hurting. It was sore, whatever. And I remember this day I went up and got coffee. Everything was fine. Everything was chill. And then at about noon that day, I felt super sick and achy. My eyes were hurting. I had a fever of 99.6. Still throughout the day, feeling really achy and tired. And then I got a headache. Um, and then this is what really scared me and caused me to call my doctor. I was still, I was working from home and I all of a sudden um, just got super, super short of breath. And I had read the like common um, things that happen like when you receive the vaccine and I just didn't read that anywhere, at least not, not anything that was like right in my face. So I called my doctor and was like, what is going on? Like, I am like short of breath. Like, it's really hard for me to breathe. Um, I took my inhaler. It was like a little bit better, but not too much. And then afterwards, that's when I got super nauseous. I had, you know, of TMI, I had diarrhea. Um, I threw up and then I got chills like crazy. And it was like this from about 12, 1 o'clock to about 5 p.m. And it just like hit me like a ton of bricks, like pretty much every symptom of like normal COVID, I felt like I got, I felt like I had COVID again, which if you know the science, it's not what's happening, but it, it, your body's reacting to the vaccine, right? Trying to create those antibodies. Um, and then about five o'clock, things started to go away a little bit. And then my fever got higher to 101.2 um, around six o'clock. So I took Tylenol because my doctor told me that it was okay to take Tylenol. Please consult with your doctor before doing anything after taking the vaccine, please. Um, my doctor said it was okay to take Tylenol. And then after I took the Tylenol, my fever went down to 99.0. Now, a lot of you are saying, okay, that's not a fever. But when I had COVID, which I, I did have COVID almost a year ago, um, my fever never really got that high. So honestly, anything above 99.0, I was considering a fever for me because that is not my normal temperature. My fever, when I had COVID, I think the highest it went to was 100.4. But with the vaccine, I think it went up to 102 point something. And that was with the second dose and we'll get there. But um, yeah, so I had higher fevers with the vaccine than I did when I had COVID. Um, and that's just me and my body, and that's how it is. So that was day two, and that was a lot. So just to wrap up my symptoms, I had a soreness in my arm, I had a sore throat, super fatigued, super achy, had chills, had a little bit of a fever, um, had diarrhea, was nauseous, I threw up, um, and yeah, and it kind of just came like a tidal wave and went away as quick as it came. And then day three, I woke up with a little bit of a fever and a little bit like fatigued, like just super tired, you know, when you get any type of cold or sickness, like when you just feel super tired, like you feel like your body just needs to sleep. Um, you know, that's how I felt on day three, basically, um, with a little bit of chill chills and I still had a fever. Day four, I had a fever in the morning, a little bit one, a little one, 99.4. Um, and then I got a little chills 
and that was it. Um, my doctor, when I called her, said that these were all, you know, pretty normal reactions to the vaccine. I don't want you all to take this as, like, the word, right? Like, please con- consult with your doctor if you feel like you need to. If you want to take medicine, like, please, please, please make sure that you get the clear from someone um, that these are normal for you and your body or whatever. Um, but yeah, I had I had pretty bad reaction to the to the first to the first dose, um, and I found out um, from a couple of people who had COVID that their first dose was kind of severe like this too. So I think there is some type of correlation from receiving the first dose. Like if you had COVID before, I think that there is some type of correlation. And again, this is not true for everyone, okay? From what I'm just seeing from my friends that I've talked to is that those who had COVID, um, that first dose it kind of not hits them pretty hard, but they feel like those same type of symptoms again. Um, And then a lot of my friends haven't received the second dose yet, so I can't really, you know, give a fuller picture on any of that. But um, my second dose was not, I don't think not as severe in terms of the symptoms, but there were a couple symptoms that I had that were just like crazy, right? Like it just completely took over my day, took over my body. But Just to wrap up that first dose, I had symptoms for about three-ish days after that first initial day that I got it, and my lingering symptoms were just like a little bit of a fever and kind of a little bit of chills, but that second day, I got a lot of symptoms. Um, So, I, I mean, not that I recommend, I just would think that if you are getting the vaccine, just give your, your body some time to just react to it, you know? So, if you have something going on the next day, I just wouldn't recommend it. Like, I think you just should give your body some time off. Um, and again, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a professional. This is just my experience. Um, I got the second dose. It was a lot less scary walking in. I went to the same facility. I went to the same university, same deal. Everything was set up the exact same way. Um, however, this time it went super, super fast. Um, literally the person who was giving me the vaccine just pinched my arm a little bit and stuck it in. I didn't feel it at all. And it went so fast. Um, I had absolutely no lightheadedness or like tingliness, um, leaving and like sitting in the little waiting area for 15 minutes and then leaving that day. I had no symptoms that night. Um, so that first day or like day zero, the day that I got the second dose, I really had no symptoms. I felt okay. Day two, I woke up with some soreness. So if I had to give, like on a scale of one to 10, the soreness in my arm for the first dose, it was like a nine out of 10. The soreness for my arm on the second dose was like seven out of 10. It wasn't as bad as that first dose. However, it still was pretty bad. Like, I had trouble moving my arm. Like, I couldn't even, like, move it halfway like this. It would hurt really bad. I couldn't put my hair up in a ponytail. Um, like, I had to figure it out. It was just, it was, it hurts. Like, it hurts, and it's in your muscle. So, like, it's it just hurts to, like, move your muscle. With the second dose, I got a bruise in my arm. The bruise is still there. Um, it was pretty big that second day, um, but it, it's starting to calm down a little bit now. It's not like, as transparent, um, and then I, I woke up really tired that day, so I woke up with fatigue, even though I think that that night 
I slept, I think, like, nine or ten hours, and I still woke up super, super tired, and I had a major headache, like, a really, really bad headache. Um, my fever in the morning was 99.0. Um, around lunchtime, I felt achy on that second day, um, and my headache was much, much worse than the first time. Really bad pounding headache, which when I had COVID, I didn't really have that much of a headache. I did towards the end, but I think that had to also do with my coughing. Um, so I didn't really have that really bad headache that a lot of people did, but with the second dose, I for sure got it. Um, and then around like 1, 2 p.m. again that second day. So for me, how many hours is that? It was about uh, 20-ish hours later from getting the vaccine, around 20-ish hours, yeah, um, is when it hits me the most. Um, I felt so tired. I couldn't keep my eyes open. Literally, my eyes were closing by themselves. My fever was at 102.4, um, so I took some Tylenol, tried to sleep it off, and then that whole night from day two, I had night sweats, and I was super, super hot, super, super cold, um, got the chills, and then day three, I woke up, had a little bit of a fever, I think it was like 99.2, and then I was fine. <laughs> I didn't have to take Tylenol that third day, I didn't have to take Tylenol a fourth day, like I had to do with the first dose. By day three, I was perfectly normal, perfectly back to to literally myself. It's as if the day before never happened, um, which was just like a miracle to me. I was like, whoa, like I felt so crappy yesterday and so horrible and now I feel perfectly fine? Like, okay. Um, so yeah, the, the second dose I would say is not was not as bad as the first one. However, my second dose, the symptoms that I did get were very extreme for me. I just remember my head just like pounding and pounding and pounding and a little bit of brain fog too like a lot a little bit of brain fog where I couldn't concentrate I couldn't like sit there and really focus on what I was doing um yeah and it wasn't the best experience but again day three came along and I was perfectly back to normal I am almost a week in now um of receiving that second dose nothing I'm perfectly normal and I'm really, really excited for what the future holds. <laughs> In a week, I'll be fully vaccinated. So that's another thing you guys need to know. Once you've been vaccinated fully, either you've gotten both doses or one dose from the Johnson & Johnson, you do have to wait a total of 14 days after that last dose um, to be fully vaccinated and for you to be fully immune from anyone if you came in contact that has uh, COVID-19. So, I will be inside for the next week until my 14 days come, and after that, I will still be inside. <laughs> I'm not going to go to all these parties, but it would nice. It would be nice to see my friends who are also f fully vaccinated. Um, again, I'm not going to go run into the world with, like, full arms, but I am going to at least try to take a breath and relax a little bit, maybe get my hair cut, maybe get my nails done, and not feel so guilty about transmitting the disease, passing the disease along, um... And yeah, just at least try to live my life a little bit more and just breathe while I'm out grocery shopping and still wearing my mask, still trying to socially distance as much as, as, much as I can. 
Um, but I definitely feel like we are one step closer in the right direction. I'm so happy I was able to get it. And even though I had a bad reaction, like I said before, I wouldn't have chosen any other way. I still would have gotten it. Um, I still will be getting it when it's time for that booster shot in six months and a year. Like I said, we will have to be getting this vaccine again. I don't think it's going to be immunity for life. We're just not there yet. Um, and yeah, I'm so excited for what the future holds. And if you have any questions about the vaccine, please don't come to me because I am not an expert. However, if you have questions about my experience, um, I am so like open about it, whatever you want to know. Um, and yeah, so if you have any questions, just leave them in the comments. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, um, if you have my number, you can text me <laughs> or DM me on Instagram. Um, I will respond there. However, yeah, if you can get vaccinated, if it's your turn, go do it. Even and when it is your turn, make sure that you're doing it because it's one step closer to normalcy. All right, y'all, that was today's episode. I hope you all enjoyed it. Make sure to like, subscribe, comment, leave a review, all that fun stuff. Thank you all so much for listening. And this was Honestly Hannah.